1: Of Norm.
0: Women, you can't live with them, pass the bear nuts.
2: <laughs> Classic Norm from Cheers. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Yeah, the Oilers orientation camp in Jasper. The Billy Moores Cup, the inner squad game between all the guys there at that camp for the prospects. Going on right now, Brendan Ulrich, producer of Oilers now, is watching the game. Brendan, how are you doing, buddy?
3: Hey, Reed. not bad at all. Hopefully you can hear me all right. I just uh, stepped outside. It's pretty uh, loud, and it's a packed building. Everyone's excited right now.
2: Okay, well, I'm sorry you got to miss some of the game. Uh, how much time is
3: left? Uh, we're into the second period. Uh, last that I saw, White was up 3-1, and uh, they're playing four-on-four four now here in the second. They played a full five-on-five and five, on 5 in the first.
2: Okay, are they doing three periods or two halves? Uh, just two 30-minute periods. Two 30-minute periods. All right. So, well, first of all, the tell us uh, your, your impressions. Who has stood out for you, Brendan?
3: Well, um, there are a lot of uh, names I don't recognize out there. a lot of uh, camp invites. But uh, in terms of some of the guys that are impressive, I mean, obviously I really wanted to watch Drake Kujula tonight. He's by far, I think, the best player on the ice. Uh, he's a lot smaller than I thought, but uh, he's just oozing with skill. He's all over the puck. Uh, he scored the first goal and only goal, actually, for Team Blue, which – we thought, looking at the roster ahead of time, was going to dominate this game. They have Benson on that team, Kajula, and Ethan Bear, all on that squad, but uh, it's been Team White with some unsung heroes that have stepped up so far and they lead 3-1. No,
2: what what is it about Kajula's game that has allowed him to be effective tonight?
3: Well, he, I mean, right now in the 4-4, four four he's really standing out because he's so small, or he's so quick and shifty. Uh, yes, he's small, but he's, he's not afraid to go in the corner. He's always where the puck is, it seems like, uh, and he's He's 22, so he has some more experience than some of these other guys. You would expect him to be one of the the more noticeable guys out here. Of course, he's uh, spent uh, four years in college as well, Uh, but he's not afraid to use his body for his size. A lot of skill, as I mentioned. Uh, He's always where the puck is, so he's stood out so far. Another guy I've been impressed with is is Patrick Russell, Um, sort of an unsung signing by the Oilers because there's all the you know, everyone's all excited when they signed Kajula shortly after they signed Patrick Russell, who also played uh, in the NCAA for St. Cloud. Uh, he's a, a much bigger guy, um, but he's really impressed. He skates well. He's all over the ice. So he's another guy that stood out. Um, on the back end, uh, I'm calling him the young Victor Hedman. Uh, William Legason, another Swedish defenseman, but he has the Victor Hedman flow. And you know how sort of a hybrid defense and he's all over the ice that's what William legison has been uh, so far in this one he's uh, up in the play a lot he's back uh, back checking hard when he needs to get back so he's been impressive as well
2: all right uh I mean Paul Yarvey, obviously not not playing so you mentioned Tyler Benson how does he look
3: yeah you can tell he's uh not quite up to speed in terms of uh, his attack on the rush at times but when he gets down low and starts using his body, that's where he's been most effective. He had a couple really nice cycle shifts where it led to some good scoring chances. Um, he's a lot thicker than, uh, say, Kajula, who looks a lot smaller, and he's, what, four years younger than him. So uh, I've been impressed with Benson uh, at times. Um, I really wanted to see a little more of him here in this four-on-four based on what I, what I talked about earlier, how he's not quite up to speed yet. Of course, he hasn't been skating a whole lot, and he's coming off all those injuries throughout the season. But, but uh, he he looks good. All right. So uh,
2: what's the crowd like there?
3: (laughs) Uh, It's a packed house. Everyone's here. Um, There's a lot of people standing behind the glass. Uh, Basically, you can't even move when you're in there, so it's a pretty packed house.
2: All right, so you mentioned Kajula has scored. Scott Allen, Apelli Rassanen, and uh, Josh Melnick have scored for Team White. And Apelli Rassanen, a late-round pick from this year getting on the scoreboard.
3: Well, quickly, Allen, he's 26 years old, so... It's a little interesting seeing some of these guys up here that are 26 compared to, you know, the youngsters like Arasman, who was just drafted by the Oilers. He's another very skilled guy. Uh, he got open at a quick release for a one-timer in front to score the goal, but he, he has a lot of skill as well. So he's, he's looked pretty good for that Team White that, as you look at that roster, doesn't really have a, a ton of noticeable names, but he's been one of their better players.
2: All right. And is uh, Marcus Niemalein in there?
3: Yeah, uh he's impressed as well. I think Tom Gazzola was like, oh, I like that Nemo line guy a lot. He gets the the, the shot off quickly. He has a pretty good shot. He's been jumping up in the rush a little bit here and there as well, but uh, I think he has like three or four shots on the ball. so he's really hammering the puck without hesitation when he gets it.
2: All right. Uh, all right, so yeah, I'll let you get back in to finish uh, watching the game, and I know you and Bob will have more reaction, and uh, are you guys going to get some tape tonight probably?
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um... <laughs> Yeah, it was an interesting drive coming up with Bob. We only had to stop for uh, three or four uh, Monster Energy drinks, but uh, we (laughs) made it here on time for the game. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. He drinks Rockstar. Oh, yeah, Rockstar, exactly. I think he had a Red Bull mixed in today, though, too, so he's all over the map.
2: All right, uh, great to have you check in. And you're working the sidelines on Friday, right?
3: Oh, I wouldn't miss that for the world. Are you kidding
2: me? All right, well, that's going to be a fun one, too. (laughs) Okay, thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a fun rest of the night. Okay,
3: sounds good. Thanks,
2: Reed. That is Brendan Ulrich, producer of Oilers, now checking in from the uh, Billy Moores Cup in Jasper as the Oilers prospects show their stuff. Uh, Sounds like a pretty good reception there for uh, the game. And, uh, yeah, we mentioned the goal scorers, Kajula for Team Blue. Allen Rasinen, and Melnick scoring for uh, Team White. They're going to do some 3-on-3. They did 5-on-5 now doing 4-on-4 and they'll wrap it up with some 3-on-3. Of course, last year they had that game, uh, I think it was July 7th I want to say, at Rexall Place. And I, I, Did you go to that, Matthew? I don't know if it was quite sold out, but it was, it was pretty full because Connor McDavid was uh, in the game. And we actually broadcast that one for you live right here on 630 Chet. All right, we got to take a quick timeout. 813 Inside Sports on Chet.
1: You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins.
2: Thanks for tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks to Brendan Allwork for giving us the update from Jasper, the Billy Moores Cup uh, at the Oilers' development camp. The Blue Jays did win tonight 4-2 over the Kansas City Royals. Euro this afternoon, Portugal beat Wales 2-0, France and Germany play tomorrow. One of the best-known soccer players in the world is in tax trouble in Barcelona, Spain.
0: Lionel Messi, star player on the Barcelona team, has been sentenced to 21 months in prison after the Spanish court found him guilty on three counts of tax fraud. The court also sentenced the Argentinian soccer player's father, Jorge, for the same three crimes. However, neither man is expected to serve jail time. That's because, by Spanish law, prison terms under two years can be served on probation. Matt McGarry, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk.
2: All right, so uh, not actually going to go to jail, but he's in some trouble there. Canadian Milos Raonic into the semifinals at uh, Wimbledon. He beat American Sam Query six four seven five five seven six four. And He says he's uh, looking forward to a rematch against Roger Federer in the next round.
3: Definitely a great opportunity, and uh, two years have passed since I played him here in the semifinals. So uh, I'm happy that I have another shot at him.
2: All right, so that's coming up on uh, Friday. That'll be fun. Team Brick, Alberta winning in overtime this afternoon. That's at the Brick Invitational. Played at the Ice Palace in West Edmonton Mall. Jason Hawang had the game-winning goal in OT. Team Brick, two wins, two losses. They have five points. You get three wins for a regulation win, just two for an overtime win like today. They have uh, three games, uh, or pardon me, two games left in the round robin. They got to finish in the top three in their pool. Might be tough, but they'll play the Saskatchewan Junior Pats tomorrow at 12.30. The Canadian men's basketball team beat Senegal by three points today. They're into the semifinal at their last chance qualifying tournament uh, being played in the Philippines. So they have to win that tournament to get in. Makes sense? Good. All right. Hey, thanks to uh, Kevin Carius for extending the invitation to me. I played in his uh, Easter Seal Celebrity Golf Classic today. Had great fun in a uh, scramble group with Randy Gill, Peter, and Jason. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Hit the ball, not bad. I, I, I did my lamentation of my golf game last night. I was a little more relaxed today. Relaxed environment. Remember. You don't play golf to relax. You have to relax to play golf. That's what I have to remind myself, Matthew
1: Panaschik. Just let the club do the work for you, Reed. That's all you have to do in That's golf.
2: actually true. That's the thing. Some of your best golf shots, you feel like you haven't even moved. You've just sort of changed positions. like, oh, I just kind of let my body move smoothly in that direction. Didn't try to kill it. And look what happened. Hit a good shot.
1: Exactly, man. Just let the club do the work and nice and smooth, and you'll hit that thing about 50 yards farther than what you've ever hit it before in your life.
2: Well, let's not go with 50.
1: I, let's it might go be with a stretch 50.
2: for a little guy like me.
1: Little guy? Yeah, you're taller than me, I think. No, I'm not. No? Well, I, no, I think you are. I could be wrong. Maybe you're taller. Well, luckily,
2: we've never stood close enough to each other to find out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 we, and we never will.
1: Yes that that's that's probably gonna ha- not happen so
2: seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. you can also text 6 Uh this texture says uh, uh, says uh, hey Reed the Oilers uh, have to get another top 4d or else Davidson or nurse will have to play with Secker in the second peering pairing and we can't ask them to do that. Uh, if anything, get Dennis Weidman so Nurse and Davidson can play in the third pairing. Well, what do we have? clefbaum Larson right now. Sekera-Fayne, Nurse-Davidson. I'm a little more concerned about Fayne in the third pairing than I am with Nurse or Davidson. And then uh, who else? They got they still got to get kind of a type, don't they, to be the seventh guy? Or maybe swap in and out with Fane.
1: Reed, I'm sure this has been discussed before, but why not take a flyer on James Wisniewski?
2: Yeah, maybe for uh, for a power play type guy. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that's That's been discussed before. I wonder where he winds up going.
1: If you can't get Barry and the trade's too much, Wisniewski's a cheap option at that uh, position for a year, in my opinion. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, the the addition of Larson does not make this an excellent. Oilers defense core it makes it a better Oilers defense core and, and it let's face it it didn't take uh, it didn't take long it didn't take long or it wouldn't take sorry wouldn't take much I'm reading text here as I'm as I'm trying to talk uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't take much for the Oilers D to be better than last year Adam Larson makes them better do they have a playoff caliber defense I'm not so sure if they were to get Tyson Berry, that changes a lot. You know, if they were to add James Wisniewski, though, do you say, oh, man, I think this team's going to make the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of. he's kind of been that guy teams pick up. He's kind of a specialty-type player. I look at him. So if, so if he bumps, let, let's say you sign Wisniewski and he bumps Fane out of the lineup... How much better are you? Your power play is potentially more dangerous. Are, are you any better five-on-five? Five? Now, Fane struggled, obviously, last year. He got sent to the minors. He's not a fast skater, and he was exposed against certainly teams like Dallas. I think that was the game he got benched and played one shift in the third period uh, and then got sent down. But over 82 games, who, who, who would you sooner have, Wisniewski or Fane? And then you and then you know, do you have Fane and just live with Clefbaum on the power play and and who and Fane or Clefbaum and Secker on the power play? Is that a better option?
1: Well, I don't know about that. That's for sure. I mean, that's that's a tough one to say. The other defense that I was thinking about Reed is Chris Russell still out there. Yeah, I believe he's still out there, right? Chris Russell's still out there, so... Oh, yeah, he never signed, did he? Never signed anywhere, so, I mean, that's a that's not an old... He's kind of an offensive of defense, but not really, but, I mean, maybe we got enough of him already on the team, right? But just saying that there is an option out there to, in case, you know, maybe we could get a deal done with him for cheap as well that could be put on the team, so... You never know. But Wisniewski, I think he makes your power play better. But for defense, I think him and Fain are on the same level. Do you agree on that?
2: Well, and clearly Peter Cirelli is willing to uh, sacrifice the eds for defense because he traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, Right. So, I mean, he thinks that this is a team, and we all know they were a team that spent too much time in their own end, but he clearly thinks I can subtract an offensive player and get Adam Larson. And he did say, whether you believe him or not, I know some people don't believe him, he did say, I would have done the Hall trade even if I wasn't getting Lucic. He did say that. So he thinks this team was such a disaster defensively, they need somebody who can just reliably defend and and move the puck well enough. As he said... Adam Larson, not an elite puck mover, but he's good enough at it.
1: Oh, yeah, the Olders, I mean, they've had, they've had a tough time getting the puck out of their own end for a very, very long time, Reed. And I do like the trade for Larson for Hall. I know that we sort of, you know, didn't get value for Hall, but that's okay. I think that Larson is a, he's going to be a very good defenseman. Last year, he's putting out better numbers in New Jersey compared to the years before, and I think he'll turn out okay in order his fans to learn to accept that, that this trade happened and uh, keep going as fans, you know what I mean? Like I think it's being overblown, this whole trade thing, by, by fans and stuff like that. I, I even said it on Twitter. I think fans have got to learn to grow up. This is the team that we're going to be watching, and I think that we need to get a defenseman and then Shirelli addressed the need. Well, I mean, fans can be upset. That's fine. I know, but I'm just so being overblown, as far as I concerned.
2: Well, no, because people are you know, people are upset that a that a, a good, a very good point producing player is out of the lineup. Who who I think played for the first 50 games of last season. Anyway, played really good, all round hockey. I don't think I don't think Hall was in as engaged over the final 30 games once they dropped out of it as he was. Uh, as he was earlier. But, I mean, the, lo- losing Hall is a legitimate thing to get upset about, I think. no, you're right. At some point, you have to be like, okay, this is the team I'm, I'm watching, so i I, I, I got to move on from it. But the, the, the evaluation of that trade and the skeptics about that trade, are, I think, are justified. Now, I don't think it's going to be a disaster, and I, and I think some people are labeling it a disaster, and I think that's excessive. And I do think you have to look at the summer as a whole. I'm not saying you have to say the trade was Hall for Lucic and Larson because it wasn't, but I do think you have to look at the summer as a whole and say right now it's Pilyarve in, it's Larson in, and it's Lucic in, and it's Hall out. Is that better? Probably. Is it way better? I don't know. Is the defense good enough? No, it's not. The, de- the defense as a whole is not good enough. Uh, though I suppose we'll see what happens with the development of uh, of Davidson. And uh, Clefbaum and Nurse, right? If if they take significant steps forward, then then maybe they're really good. If they continue, you know, normal incremental growth, that's great. Probably not enough to be a really good defense score this year. Dave says, uh, "Hey, Reed, can you elaborate on Ferentz? Is there a possibility he will play this season? When is his contract over? He won't play this season. He'll be on long-term injured reserve. Uh, his contract's over. Uh, what after this season?"
1: Yes. One year left on his deal.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to play another game. I Think he'll be on LTIR, and uh, that'll be it. You can text six thirty six thirty seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, it, to me, it's interesting, and and, and I'll, I'm the first to it. I'm obviously um, more detached from it than fans. Like, I want the Oilers to do well. I want the Eskimos to do well. I want the Ploufs to do well. I want Edmonton teams and athletes to do well. I guess I look at it more from a little bit more of an analytical thing, where it's like, okay, I thought Hall, Nugent, Hopkins, or Everly would be traded. That doesn't surprise me. Did the return for Hall surprise me? Yes, somewhat, though from the market you were hearing about at the draft and all that, I realized it was going to be tough. So Shirelli has gone out there and made a trade, a significant trade that a lot of you were crying out for, to get a defenseman. I mean, some people during the season were saying overpay for a defenseman if you have to. Well, he kind of did. So he did what a lot of people wanted when they were calling in after every game being frustrated. So it is interesting now. We see what this team looks like without Taylor Hall and with a little more grit in it and with hopefully a Connor McDavid. To me, it's going to be quite fascinating. Uh, Wade Redden coming up.
1: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. There was a time when I was so broken hearted. Love wasn't much of a friend of mine.
2: Sing it to me, Stephen
1: Tyler. The tables have turned. Yeah. Me and where's that party?
2: Oh, yeah. What year was this? Ninety-five.
1: Oh, 94? than that. now yeah.
2: ninety-three. So wrong, was the album? Yeah. Get a grip. It had a cow's udder on the uh, front. Is that what you call the, the the area that provides milk? Isn't that an udder?
1: You got to be stumped on that one, Reed. <laughs>
2: you, you don't know your cow parts?
1: A little bit behind in that one, buddy. A little bit behind. Jeez, you- Sounds like you're more than me, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> uh, Great track. Utter, the mammary uh, mammary gland of female cattle, sheep, goats, horses, and related animals. There you go. I I don't know how some of the things that come up on this show come up. And I'm hosting it. So the people listening must be horrified some nights. Anyway, Get a Grips a good album. Probably not as good as Pump. Text your favorite Aerosmith album to 630 630. Elby. Well, Elby texting in the show. I had a dog named Elby. Spelled differently though. But Elby texts in and says, uh, do the Oilers try for Bishop? I don't think so. This texter says, in my opinion, the Oilers were lucky to find a team willing to take Hall. Also, in my opinion, they will be a much better team this season, at least by 15 points. If they improve by 15 points, they should be able to flirt with a playoff spot. Fair enough. Uh, what were they this season? Right on 70? 70? Uh, this text, this is a great text. I don't know if this person is joking or not, but I'm going to read it. Hey, Reed, I just got back to the truck. I've been running around the wilderness alone for the last week. Anything happened while I was gone? On our texting system here, we can text back, right? I mean, it just comes up on a website we log, log into, right? I wrote back, Hall was traded. Oilers signed Lucic. <laughs> and he writes back, thanks. Time will tell. Well, yes, it will. <laughs> I wonder if somebody was totally out of touch over, you know, whatever, last week, the Canada Day long weekend, and got back Monday, yesterday, and was like, what the heck? Taylor Hall got traded? Loot, loot, what? It could have happened. Dave Leppard says he liked Toys in the Attic, Aerosmith album. That was one of the earlier ones, wasn't it? Was that late 70s, early 80s? Uh, Did they not have a cleverly titled album? Night in the Ruts? I think they do. You're just lost right now, Panashik. I I wish people could see your body language. Speaking of body language, talking about Taylor Hall, they could see you when I bring up something where where you're just like lost. Because I can see you poised at the mic, and your finger, I can see your arm extended. I can't see your finger, but I can see your arm extended at an angle out towards where your mic button is, and I can see you... Leaning at the mic, because you lean into the mic when you talk, but then you you stop yourself, and you're just like, oh my god, and it's, and it's like that that saying is going your you through your head, right? Do I do I do I uh, not open my mouth and be thought of as an idiot? Or do I speak and remove all doubt <laughs> what, what, not that you're an idiot but you know bring up bringing up something that you're you're not into
1: of course I understand that yes. Reed. yes so I just sort of okay yeah that's great keep it going Reed
2: Jody says I love many Aerosmith albums, but their masterpiece is rocks fair enough I don't know as much early Aerosmith I got to be honest with you here
1: back in the saddle Angel's a great
2: song. Here's the thing. Angel, best power ballad of the 1980s. I truly believe that. The ultimate power ballad. Uh, Marina says, another delightful show read. I enjoyed all of it as per usual. Thanks for existing. Love you forever. Hugs and kisses, Marina. That is an uplifting text message to receive. Thank you. I don't know what else to say to that. I'm a little flattered. I don't often get told that that I'm loved, Matthew. So, you know, if you ever want to just tell me, that's okay.
1: You're loved by me, Reed. That's all you have to that's, know.
2: That's great. That's uh, that's great. You were pretty supportive during my golf talk last night. Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Hey, I'm uh, glad to catch up with a guy who was a pretty good NHL defenseman for over 1,000 games. He was drafted second overall, and now he's jumping back into the NHL at the uh, as the assistant director of player personnel for the Nashville Predators. It's Wade Redden. Wade, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. Thanks. How are it, you doing? I'm I'm doing great. I, I know you thought when I when I left Lloyd Minster that I'd never bug you for an interview again. But here we go, buddy. You you kiss can't <laughs> shake me.
4: Well, it's my lucky day. It's great to catch up,
2: as always. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad to talk to you because uh, you retired, I guess, about uh, three years ago and uh, jumping right back into the National Hockey League with the, uh, with the Nashville Predators. Tell me about, a little bit about this, uh, this opportunity to work in their player
4: development re- department. Yeah, no, it's actually, like you said, uh, three years since I retired and I've uh, been spending my time in Kelowna and we have a young family, so it's been, been pretty good. Uh, you know, getting away from the game for a bit, but the opportunity came actually from a teammate, an old teammate in St. Louis, Scotty Nickel. He got right into this role right after he retired in 2013 and uh, started working for the Preds as director of player development. So he uh, he was doing some work in Kelowna and we met for a beer and, and he was looking to add to, to his team as far as helping them out, uh, you know, with some of their prospects. So he mentioned it to me, and yeah, it didn't take me long to, to, to decide it should be a fun time and be able to work with Scotty and to be able to be with Nashville, which is a you know a great organization and, and really a great team they have going right now. So it's going to be fun to work with some of their young guys.
2: You, you played over 1,000 games in, in the NHL, and I, and I know we talked briefly after you retired, and I, I thought you seemed pretty comfortable with, with your decision, but were there elements of it that you've missed? I mean, maybe... I don't know did you miss the game day stuff or did you just miss sort of being part of an organization and, and contributing where where you
4: where were you at with that yeah well you know what actually like I said it was a kind of a, a you know perfect timing I guess I mean I as the game was it was time to retire and the time in my life with with the young family it was fortunate to you know to be around and uh you know be a dad for those years and now getting around the game again i was just down in nashville last week and be able to be at the rink and and kind of be a part of something like this i mean you you remember the feeling and the excitement of, of what the game brings so to be involved at this level it's going to be fun for me i think it's going to be uh you know work with uh a great group of people and and uh you know like i the game has been so good to me and to be able to be around it again uh, it's it's going to be fun on a different level obviously not a, in the playing capacity but fun to to be involved uh, on the player development side
2: you were drafted in 1995 second overall by the islanders how do you compare your experience as as a draft pick from 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 that summer and going into that season as compared to what kids might be going through now or or how they'll spend their their draft year and their draft summer
4: well i mean i remember going down to the island and and having a development camp and there's there's a few guys that uh you know that i kept in touch with because i went back to junior after my after i got drafted so it was it was uh you know i guess not a whole lot of difference but i think Teams take a lot more initiative or a lot more onus now and and kept, you know keeping in touch with their prospects and and making sure they're doing the right things and wanting them you know you're investing a lot in these kids so you want to kind of make sure that they're they're developing as good as they can and and that's kind of the role I guess Scotty and I'll have there is just following up with them and and watching some of their games via video and also going to meet them face to face and just kind of check in with them and make sure they're you know they're Obviously, they're great players. They got drafted, and they they belong to the Predators. But you just want to, you know, help them along wherever they wherever they need it.
2: Let me uh, let me put you let me ask you this question this way: If if you could go back and talk to a uh, young Wade Redden at his development camp with the New York Islanders, yeah. would you tell him any do's and don'ts for the next uh, 15 years of his life and career?
4: <laughs> oh man, it's hard. I mean. I mean, it all worked out for me in the end. I have no regrets. And, and uh, for sure, you you know, obviously <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, some things that maybe you do different or try to improve on differently. I mean, I think the way they approach it now, the kids are so talented and the amount that they they work on their skills and they, you know, the conditioning that they have, I think it's it's really a level up and it's always kind of evolved for over the last 20 years for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I think the the thing you want to do is just give yourself the best opportunity. These these kids are, you know, like I, when I was eighteen, I put myself in their shoes, and it was the time of your life. You're playing hockey. You got a chance to uh, you got a chance to be in the uh, NHL. Really, these kids are, are right on the verge. They want to give themselves the best opportunity. Work as hard as they can, and and know uh, that's that's really the message we're trying to trying to give them. Yeah, and your draft. I mean,
2: there's an Edmonton connection, obviously, because the the 1995 draft w- was in Northlands Coliseum, as it was known at that time. I think I, well, maybe it was still Edmonton Coliseum during that yeah, year. I forget. Do you? Uh, what What do you remember about that? I mean, did you think maybe you might go number one? Were you <laughs> Were you concerned about where you went, or what was that whole day like?
4: Yeah, no, I yeah, I, I ended up going second to the island. I I don't know for whatever reason, I I kind of thought that. I wasn't gonna be picked first. They didn't uh you know, I remember meeting with Ottawa only briefly, I think even the night before the draft. I don't know if it was even just a token thing to to come and say hi to my parents and I, but <clears throat> you know, I think you know, being at the draft and it was just an exciting time and it's being a, in Edmonton right close to Lloyd Minster, my hometown, I had a lot of friends and family there. So it was uh, you know, it was special for that reason too and um but yeah, it went pretty quick. Obviously, going second, you don't—I didn't have to sit sit there too long, so it it was uh, better on the nerves, I guess you could say.
2: You know, uh, this is the draft everybody in Edmonton remembers as uh, Steve Kelly being selected over Shane Doan. Do you remember the chance of Doan, or were you, were you probably underneath doing interviews when he was taken? Uh, yeah, seven? no,
4: I, yeah, you miss I missed a lot of that, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't hear that, but yeah, I remember. Obviously, Shane Doan was, you know, obviously had a great career. He's still going strong. And Steve was a great prospect too. And you know, it's funny these kids they get drafted at eighteen, and it's really a crapshoot. I mean, obviously the top picks that are, you know, a lot of them go on and have great careers. But you know, it's not always the case. Kids develop different. You sometimes you see fourth, fifth rounders, even you know later round guys come and, and they just develop different and they get an opportunity and they make the most of it so i know it's been interesting for me to to hear the scouts and i've got a chance to meet all the people in the organization and the predators and that's you know obviously they they do a lot of work and their homework and and follow these guys but it's really a wait and see for a lot of them to see how it's going to pan out it's interesting you mentioned
2: ottawa didn't spend a lot of time with you and then of course they they traded for you a few months later so that must have been a bit of a shocker
4: (laughs) well yeah it was uh well both organizations were going through changes at the time so I think from the time I was drafted to the time I was traded there's new GMs new coaches and everything on both sides and I guess both both sides kind of had a a change of heart, or wanted the you know the other players, so Barard and I end up going for each other and a three way deal with with uh, Toronto involved and I always laugh get to say that I was in a trade involved with don beaupre who was a who was a veteran goalie when I came in and had a great career, but um you know a classic old old name there.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Well, I mean, you had a great career. You played on some great Senators teams that, that were definitely Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup contenders a couple times in uh, in your career. All the best with the Predators. Are you going to be uh, in in Nashville a lot or going to be traveling around to look at some of the prospects? Do you know what it's going to be like in season for you yet?
4: No, it's going to be... I'll, I'll remain in Kelowna and stay... I'll travel. I, I think the. I'm not exactly sure the schedule, but there's... Actually, they just drafted a young... A young kid that played Penticton in the BCJHL who's going to use their first round pick Uh, Dante Fabro sorry Um, but then they picked a few young D-men in uh, in Quebec so you know I'll probably try to get to see these guys they're the D-men that obviously I'll probably focus more on and then actually the other kid they picked this year is an old teammate son of mine Lance Pitlick so it's kind of funny I came into the league and he was he was my roommate he was a veteran guy and really took me under his wing. So now I get to work with his son a bit. So it's kind of a circle of life, if you will.
2: Well, that's awesome stuff. Wade, yeah. thanks for making time for me here on Inside Sports. It's it's great to catch up with you. All the best
4: in your new role with the Predators, man. Okay, Reed. It was a pleasure. Good, good to chat with you.
2: Right on, Wade. Wade Redden joining us tonight inside sports on 630. Chad, Nashville Predators assistant director of player personnel. Just took the job about 10 days ago. Uh, news from the NBA here, Matthew. We were talking basketball a little bit earlier on.
1: Uh, what's going on with Dwayne Wade? He is leaving Miami Reed in a shocker. He is going to the Chicago Bulls. Reportedly two years,
2: $47.5 million. Dollars. It eight forty-nine. Jesus is next on Inside Sports. Hey!
1: Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Give me some sugar. Give me some sugar, little bee.
2: Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 8.52. Tomorrow's show is going to be fun. We will uh, spend the entire three hours on the rivalry between the Eskimos and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Of course, we will have current players on the show. We will also speak to some alumni, including former Eskimos linebacker Larry Ruck and robo-kicker, former Saskatchewan kicker Dave Ridgway, will join us tomorrow from 6 to 9. It's going to be great. Scoreboard Update. The Billy Moores Cup in Jasper has been won by Team White 6-2 over Team Blue. Scott Allen and Josh Melnick each scored twice. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Ulrich attended this game. They'll have more on it on Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow right here on 630 Chet. Well, this afternoon, Portugal advanced to the Euro final by beating Wales 2-0 Kevin Jesus is an old friend of mine. We used to work together at the TV station in Lloyd Minster. He now works with our friends over at Global Edmonton. Uh, Kevin uh, watching the game, he doesn't know this, but I uh, I put a microphone in the room where he was watching the game and recorded him, his reactions throughout the match. And, and here was Kevin uh, at the end of the game. Clearly very exciting as Portugal finally advances to the Euro championship game. Kevin, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you
0: doing? I'm still doing the exact same thing right now. <laughs> yeah, have you calmed down at all? I, You know what? It's so surreal. I can, it, it still really hasn't sunk in that, you know, for the second time ever, uh, Portugal's in the final of a major tournament, so it's pretty exciting.
2: What was the other time? I thought, I thought this was the first time.
0: No, the other t- 2004. Oh, Come of on, course. That, that still was, hurts me. That's right, hurt. I
2: forgot about that. Yes, I don't know how I could forget because I watched the game with you. That's right. Uh, all right, so uh, the, the first, okay, here's my superficial question.
0: Why was Portugal wearing lime green uniforms? It's their good luck. To, you know, I'll be honest with you. When they introduced these uh, jerseys, I thought they were terrible. They looked like pajamas. But uh, it's been their good luck charm. So, hey, I hope they wear them to the final.
2: So those are like their alternate, because what do they usually wear? Don't they usually, usually wear they're, red or white?
0: Yeah, their maroon jerseys usually their main color. That's what they're known for. All right, because there is no green
2: on the Portuguese flag, is there?
0: Ah, there is. The Portuguese flag is red, green, and yellow. Well, see, I don't, where's the green? Well, on, the, on the side. Okay. Big big portion of it. So a quarter of the flag is green.
2: Okay. Oh, I didn't think there was that much. Okay, uh, shows you what I know. All right. So, uh, what was the key today to beating
0: to beating Wales? Uh, number one, patience. Uh, you know, it's and that's the beauty of it with uh, Fernando Santos taking over the Portuguese national team. He's preached patience, defensive smartness. Like I said, it's not. A beautiful, entertaining game that we're normally accustomed to seeing with Portugal, but at the end of the day, it's bringing results, and that's what's important. Um, So that's key number one. And number two, you got to take advantage of your uh, of your chances. And Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, perfectly placed header uh, is pretty much what sealed the deal. And then three minutes later, Nani uh, just gave that little bit of insurance and let the celebrations begin.
2: All right, France Germany tomorrow in the other semi final. Who wins?
0: Ah. you know what? I'm going to go with Germany because I said from the very beginning it was going to be Germany and Portugal in the final. Um, I'm hoping it's France because I think Portugal stands a better chance against France than they do Germany. But uh, I guess we shall see what happens.
2: All right. So uh, well. So the, fi- the final is Sunday at
0: 1? Sunday at 1. And you'll, if you hear a, a scream, no matter where you are in the city, chances <laughs> are I'll either be screaming with joy or it'll be just <laughs> tears of Sorrow, or deep, you won't, deep sorrow.
2: or you won't be able to take it. Okay, so where, are you gonna are you gonna watch the game with a crowd of people, or do you need to be isolated?
0: uh it'll probably be with like a bunch of family and close friends.
2: All right, all Portuguese people, I assume. Yep. Like, mostly, would you yeah. allow an outsider into the club?
0: Only if they train for Portugal. <laughs> Come on now. You can't have someone cheering for the other team. That'll just be, I don't want to cause riots now.
2: Right, well, right. Well, yeah. don't joke. That happens at soccer tournaments <laughs> all the time. Well, Kevin, uh, thanks for coming on. You are the most enlightened soccer fan that I know. And uh, we'll do this again, buddy. Thanks for your time.
0: Always a pleasure, my friend. Take care.
2: Kevin Jesus from Global Edmonton. Huge fan of the Portuguese national soccer team. They got a chance to win Euro, France and Germany in the other semifinal tomorrow. That'll be fun. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Besides Kevin Jesus, you heard from Wade Redden, Brendan Ulrich, Catherine Plouffe, Michelle Plouffe, Morley Scott, Mike Benavides, and Rick Carriera. You miss anything, go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. Matthew Panashek, who's the studio producer tonight, puts up all the audio from past shows. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. We're back tomorrow. Wall-to-wall Eskimos and Rough Riders coverage. That's going to be a beauty Friday at 8 at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Our coverage will start at 6 p.m. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening.
1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.